Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Hi, everyone. It's really sing-songy. You've missed us. We've been away for longer than we said we'd be away, but that's due to a lot of things. I've had uh, some interior design work done on my mind, so I don't speak as much nonsense. But I will anyway. It didn't really work because, you know, uh, who does that? Interior mind design. I don't know. That's kind of crazy. Anyway, this is FI Goes PC. And as always, I'm your host, Rebelzen, aka Danny Hale. And uh, yep, 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 yep. It's been delayed just by a week. There is reasons for this. And the reason for it mostly is, uh, well, I was asleep. I was asleep for a week. I was catching up on sleep because I'd lost it. It ran away from me down the road and started barking at the dogs. We are in a forest. There's not many roads here. There's only one, and it's a yellow brick one. But this is episode 101, and so, of course, 101 is a big deal, right? Because there's many reasons it's a big deal. It's, it's just, you know, the route from California to Washington State, if you're in America. And that's route, not route, because it's not spelled like that. No one says that. It's crazy. Why do you say that? You'll have to tell me. But it's root to us, and it's going to be root in this podcast. Damn it. It's also, you know, like the 101 podcast, where we inform you of loads of things. Because it's, you know, like a lesson. This is basically like an open university program. Teaching you nonsense. I guess. And also, it's the number of Dalmatians in the film. I didn't count them all. But if they didn't have 101 Dalmatians in it, surely someone would have sued them by now for false advertising. Yeah, that's a strange film. I'm, I'm pretty convinced that film is uh, based on a family in London that had that many children. And it was a loose metaphor. Because, you know, people try and take our kids to make coats out of them all the time in London. It's just how it is. It's tradition. You've all heard about Jack the Ripper. Yeah... We don't know him. Never met the guy. But he was a thing once, apparently. Subject of a lot of films as well. But that's enough nonsense. As you can tell, my interior mind designs were to treat. Uh, there's no nonsense here. And uh, looking at me as if I'm as strange as I normally am is our producer, Winifred. Say hello. Hello. How did you like that? Not controversial intro at all, was it? <laughs> uh, interior mind design just made me think of Inception. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I suppose. In I suppose way. that's kind of their gig. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. knows? <laughs> to me, I just think they come into your house and spin it up and then walk out. Mm -hmm. That's all I think mm -hmm. they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're still in that world, DiCaprio. <laughs> Hasn't left it. <laughs> There's no sequel, as we know. Uh... I don't think you could do Inception 2. It's not a good movie title, is it? You could do two Inception. <laughs> you know, and it's a road. It's almost a prequel then. Yeah. Mm. I've been watching films lately. Have you? I have. What have you been watching? Mostly cling film and, uh, you know, <sighs> stuff that's lining my suitcase. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, I was watching Netflix. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is when you go up to a fisherman and flick their net. What? So that's what it is. It's flick like photobombing a fisherman by flicking their net. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, no, I was watching, uh, there's a guy called, uh, you might know him as an actor, a uh, very famous actor. It's called Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure is a national holiday. What? Lewis Daniel Day, I call it. <laughs> yeah. He did a film called There Will Be Blood. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked about him in the past, but Joe Rogan, I listened to a few times. Hi, Joe, if you're there listening. Um, you know, but is from across the pond kind of deal. And uh, he's talking about it like it's the film you got to watch. He's a big advocate of the film. Right. And I've heard about it for years. Mm-hmm. It's one of those kind of like Gangs of New York, which he was also in Daniel Day-Lewis, opposite DiCaprio. Mm. He was still stuck in the Inception world at that point. <laughs> uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is an exceptional actor. Mm. He's Last of the Mohicans, uh, the first of the uh, Chipatis, <laughs> uh, the, the middle child in the big family. He's done a lot of films like that. And he did this film called There Will Be Blood. I've which, heard of it. I haven't watched it. Uh, yeah, right. Was so, it any good? Well, there was blood in it. Okay. So, again, it's no false advertising. Not, yeah. uh, it's interesting. Okay. You know, he seems to only work with this one director, Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm. Um, basically, long story short, kind of in the frontier sort of growing of America. So stepping out of that wild west into the kind of foundation, there's a proprietor in the kind of big California gold rush mm. who moves some gold to oil. Okay. Farming, and he makes a load of money buying and all these oil fields, and you know, yeah. it's basically the Iraq War, but <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, but but the American dream. <laughs> no, the 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 one before it, which they just did in their own backyards, and you know that one. Um, but basically, yeah, no, it's pretty good. Um, it's an interesting story narrative. It's one of these classic films. Mm. It doesn't really have an ending, so to say. It's one of those, but the ending is interesting because you know most films follow this ideology of karma Mm -hmm. so the bad guy gets his just dues and the good guy you know gets his just dues and this is kind of layer upon layer of bad corrupted dudes and his character who's a main character is really just darkness in a person okay and he gets away with it which is quite cool it's like a release from the normal Mm. i won't tell you how or why or anything like this because I, I hate spoilers but it's worth watching i don't think it's worth to me it's not worth the hype that was given to it right because one thing i can tell you being english is i can always tell where someone struggles with accents mm-hmm. and his accent was not great on the edge yeah, yeah. but i mean he buries himself into the role he, the actual acting in it's perfect, but it's almost it almost feels like a historical documentary. Mm. Uh, essentially, it's definitely a film. It does break. It doesn't feel like you just what. It's not um, Revenant, which really felt like a documentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's DiCaprio in Act Three of Inception when he's <laughs> uh, yeah. That's right that's, after. That's one of his dreams. Yeah, he walks well. Tom Hardy's in it. So, I mean, it's the same cast, pretty much. Uh, Ken Watanabe is the bear that attacks him. No. You can tell because you can see his face in the mouth, you know. No. Basically, the third act of Inception. People wanted more, and they got more. Mm. I don't know why one of the Peaky Blinders is in it, but he is. Mm. Arthur mm-hmm. Shelby is in, is in uh, The Revenant, which is confusing if you've seen the French TV show called Le Revenant. Yeah. Revenant? Is that right? 
Ravena? Yeah. Oh, sorry, France, if I messed that up. I'm just uh, trying to sound uh, authentic. People look at me, I'm European, <laughs> I've got to sound authentic French. Uh, you know, it's, 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 the weight, it's the weight that we carry being mm-hmm, European. Mm-hmm. We have to sound like the, the people we're uh, trying to sound like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's all right. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend it. It's, it's not for everyone. It's very slow paced. It's very life movie. Mm. The nitty gritty is subtle. There's no real story to come away with. It's really hard to put a spoiler to it, actually, like you could. But I think as an acting exercise, if you're a budding actor, which, as we all know, actors bloom, they blossom like flowers in the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a bud, and you're an actor, hence budding actor. Oh, okay. Uh, you will like it. It's a good uh, character study, if anything. Right. He's done some amazing stuff. He is always doing films with some kind of moral message behind it. But I think as a history, it's a really good eye on the times. Perfectly built as mm. a world, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. It doesn't make you feel good after I, I watched another one which was <laughs> equally depressing probably why i was uh, messed up why Last we didn't week. yeah why i had to have my mind <laughs> entirely redesigned but uh it was the uh devil all the time film which is basically the best of british actors from this generation and mm. a, f- a few americans and one australian it's basically the cast okay yeah that's the credits just say that a load, <laughs> load of british dudes one australian lass and uh, a couple of americans are in it uh, but it was interesting. That was an interesting one. That's Tom Holland, uh, not Spider-Man in this. He's not really uh, anything like you've seen him before. It's kind of his grown-up film. Mm. But he's very good in it. It's, he's such a young-looking guy, it's hard to take him seriously as an <laughs> adult role, but he was kind of coming late teens, I guess, in this film. But it's that's a good one, but it's very dark again. And yeah. again, it's seemingly anti-karma in its message Mm. i think we're fed up of linear storylines this day and age Mm. we don't want the good guy to win the good guy bores us (laughs) yeah yeah there's a bit of a weird reversal isn't it where we are more interested in the motives or justifications of the the villain the anti-hero well i mean in some cases yeah in some cases i just think it's quirkiness of Mm. the industry like the Devil All the Time is a Netflix film. Yeah. So it starts off with a guy walking past a fisherman and flicks his net. That's the intro. Uh, but basically... That is not the intro. It is totally the intro. No. Uh, yeah, 100%. And they flip the hood up of the fisherman afterwards. And go, mm-hmm. Like that and run off. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the construct is just, I think, because it's set in Ohio, which is, as you know, is the uh, Hello State. Uh, good morning state of America. Because it was named after the Japanese word, wasn't it? Ohio. Yeah, exactly. The full title is Ohio Gazaimas. <laughs> and the capital is Cleveland. Mm. Cleveland, Ohio Gazaimas. <laughs> okay. Right? I'm pretty sure that's why it's called it. Um, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So good morning, Japan. Uh, basically is kind of Midwest mm. America. So... It's very, um, I, I even think to this day, it's kind of known for barren areas where it's kind of like these distant forests. And it's a beautiful place. It really is. Mm. There's a few things I've seen that are based there, a film there. And this one was set in the kind of 50s, I think, 50s or 60s. Um, so it's really barren. 
And it's sort of said, I don't want to use the term hillbilly, but I just did, so I might as well go there. It's kind of like a hillbilly folk legend, right. the way it's told. Mm-hmm. Like there's a narrator who you never see. Uh, so I'm guessing it's the cameraman because, you know, all of these things are filmed, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of like this is a story that someone's telling their kids, I guess, and you're the kids watching it, right? Yeah. It's interesting. Robert Pattinson was in it, mm. who you might know as uh, Edward from Twilight or yes. the guy who dies in Harry Potter <laughs> or uh, Batman. New Batman. Young Batman. Youngest Batman ever. Mm. Very young Batman. Batman Jr. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bruce, but he's young. Mm-hmm. That's the tagline. That's why they had to delay, they had to delay it because it didn't really work in the <laughs> screenings. Uh, yeah, Twilight guy as Batman. Yeah, that's what most people know him as. He's incredible in it. Okay, like he really is. Like he's actually an actor that kind of really grows. You know, and he's doing a lot. I think there's a lot of pressure when you. I think it's Johnny Depp's playbook, which is a controversial name these days, but. I'm a massive fan. I don't even care. Like, I, I love Johnny Depp, you know, always gonna, mm. whatever. Reserve judgment, don't know the dude. But if he did the things that he did or accused of mm. or whatever, mm. uh, he didn't have me in his life, I would have stopped him doing it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but basically, um, you know, Johnny Depp was a pinup back in the 80s. And he... Poster boy. He could have got all of the kind of big, stupid, dumb roles that you get, like high school guy, mm. the swoony guy, the romantic comedy lead dude mm-hmm. blah 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 instead he opted to do weird stuff and he went into like really weird indie territory almost straight away obscure yeah he did one film that made him a huge household name like a pinup thing then he did edward scissorhands so it killed it yeah you know and then it just he kind of went in weird and wonderful areas yeah. so it made people take him seriously as an actor i guess mm. you know uh, Robert Pattinson's done a similar thing, like where he's really gone, and I guess it could be how he's coached by his managers and agents, because mm. I think it's a better thing for actors. Like, if you want to be serious as an actor, don't keep doing the Twilight Easy films. Easy things, yeah. Or the film that everyone swoons about, yeah, you know, and the 16 vampire spin-offs that you could have got. Like, because he could have been in, like, The Vampire Diaries or something, yeah. you know, straight away afterwards. But he chose to do darker stuff. And this is the darkest thing I've seen him in, mm. right? The Atten's stellar. Everyone in it's incredible, really is. And the story building, again, good, but it really does depress you. Yeah. It's just layers of depression. And I think in this day and age, when you've got all of the stuff we're dealing with worldwide, it's a bit close to real. <laughs> Too close to home. Yeah, it's very well done. It's, the mythology is incredible of it. Yeah. I always liked those uh, series that lasted like one season. And it should have gone on forever called The Outsiders. Mm. Um, had a lot of guys in coming in from Sons of Anarchy and different things yeah. uh, were in it. Um, it was basically a tribe that still lived in the Virginia mountainside. Mm-hmm. And that series was so good. It kind of hinted at a sense of magic almost, like a law. Yeah, it's almost like how natives live. It's, it's very own... specific, though. It's kind of Celtic tribe. Yeah. And it's almost Druidism and soothsayery. But there's a lot of stuff in it that's alluding to an actual power. Right. And obviously it ends in one series, so you don't really find anything out. I think it might have been two, actually, mm. two seasons. But it got cancelled. 
And it's one of these series... It's surprisingly good. Well, it's one of these series that you wish... You know how Netflix has a, it acquires this stuff and then it can revive it and mm-hmm. bring it back to life? It was one of those that I think a lot of people really hoped it would be because mm. it just got good. Mm-hmm. It kind of had a bit of a hit and a miss and it was sort of a little bit too odd at times and then it all started jalling. Yeah. And it was right at a point where you're like, oh, this is amazing mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah, this ain't come back anymore. Mm. So that's it. See you later. And yeah, baffling really is because that was really powerful show and i just think there's something about that law in america i think the blair witch project kind of covers it as well like this kind of distant sort of mythological almost modern ghost story vibe Mm -hmm. that that culture has is fascinating that's why america is such an amazing thing and the reason i'm talking about america is because it's their independence day just it is just they're all recovering from it, listening to this podcast. Mm. That's what's happening. This is your sobering thought. That's yes. why I'm telling you about depressing films to watch. Um, and series that are cancelled, that they're brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah, it's just like rubbing salt in the wounds, you know? Uh, but basically, there is a mythology thing uh, in that side of the world that is actually really appealing to me. There's, mm. there's this law that is very American, you know? Like kind of backwater or the forest towns or the countryside. It's got this myth to it. It's very modern myth too. We have similar vibes here in Europe, but our stuff is ancient, Mm -hmm. you know? So, because like the Blair Witch Project, if you watch The Outsiders, it shares the lore of the fact that there's something kind of urban, old at the foundation of America. And it's built from that. In a sense, it's very American. You won't find a story like that and it wouldn't work anywhere else in the world. Obviously, we know like the history of the Salem Witch Trials. Nod back to Daniel Day-Lewis, who's in the film Crucible, which is kind of covering that. Yeah. As uh, the Arthur Miller play yes. turned into film. But basically, there's something special about all of it. You know, you get the Everglades, like a swamp culture. There's Cajun mm-hmm. kind of fables. It's all quite powerful stuff and it's all pseudo-modern. I think one of the good examples is like, you know, if you look at America's cultural evolutions, like voodoo that came out of the Creole occasion and New Orleans culture. Yeah, right. That's so exclusive the USA. It is, yeah. You know? It is. It's got like that kind of nod towards what they always refer to in books of yore as the old world, mm. which makes me laugh because, uh, I mean, it's not that old. We're all as old <laughs> as each other. Um, but I know what it means. Like a pseudo new state. and yeah. They're trying to escape from the past, so to speak. But the voodoo thing is like what happens when you mix crazy Catholicism into like a tribal African soothsayer kind of thing. Mm. So it, it has separate placement. Like if you go to Africa, you'll definitely be able to see where that kind of vibe came from. But it's not the same thing. So there's a lot of these nuances that happen to America that is super American, which I find really fascinating. You know, it's it's probably the reason that, you know, I I get quite angry when there's a lot of people who say, like, it's too new to have a culture. Yeah. You know, like it's all kind of washed over like it's one big modern thing. Mm. That's not true. America's comprised of so many nuanced cultures. It's always quite interesting because you have to travel to different places and to see how things evolved there. Yeah. It's like everything's version 2.0. Yeah. You know, 
because I think a lot of people who are born and from, say, places like New York or California, New York, I think, deals with the fact that a lot of it's, you know, the world turns up there. It's like the immigration chamber for America. It's the entry point. Yeah. Classically. Mm-hmm. Just watch The Godfather. It's the first 10 minutes of the film. <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically... What I'm trying to say is like New York's a cluster. Mm. So everything on the East Coast feels a lot more European, yeah. a lot more old school. The sense yeah. of humor is. The the transatlantic accent always throws me. Well, it's, it's kind of like um, if you listen to Bill Burr, right? Yeah. Bill Burr is always talking about how hardcore Boston was mm. and like how everyone got into fights and it was like really brutal. I mean, that to me is like, yeah, that's where I'm from here in the UK. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a typical day in Glasgow for a Scottish person. Mm-hmm. It, it's basically what they don't process it is. I'll just point it out. It's, it's called European banter. Mm-hmm. That's how people are, yeah. you know? And um, East Coast America, if you ever spend time there, it's so much like us that sometimes it's kind of weird. Mm. You have to kind of pull back a bit. But it's what they do with it. Like, I always remember Bam Margera, who's like a skateboarder um, back in the day. He's also famous for getting involved in music. He did a lot of uh, him, who's a Finnish, I wouldn't say metal band. They're kind of a weird, eclectic, gothic soft rock band if i'm honest he directed a lot of their beginning videos because he really liked them tried to promote them in america and so he was somewhere between a pro skateboarder and a music producer and a film director so and was he from the east coast he was from philadelphia right Right. he's from the east coast Westchester, and most people know him from jackass yeah. Right? So he was one of the Jackass crew. Yeah. Right? But yeah. then he yeah. separated and did this thing called Viva La Bam. And there's a lot of kids who don't know what I'm talking about. This was basically, you know how you got TikTok and you got YouTube and everyone's watching stupid videos on YouTube and mm-hmm. the Impractical Jokers, which is a thing now. I think that's on Netflix or Comedy Central <laughs> or something like this. All of that wouldn't exist without Jackass. Jackass was like, a bunch of idiots doing stunts that were so stupid in and amongst real world. Like reality show and pranks. Yeah, but they, the team was comprised of different things and Bam Margera created a universe, like his own world. He made a parody. So he actually had his family in it and he'd do stuff like terrify his mom by putting a massive alligator in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. And so she'd walk <laughs> out in the morning making a morning coffee and there's an alligator in the kitchen. Oh she'd gosh. freak out. That's the kind of stuff he got famous for in Jackass. Right. But when he separated and did Viva La Bam, it was that, but more of that. Right. Where his dad was going to work one day and he set fireworks off in the back of his van that was cued to the key turning in his car and stuff uh. like this. And um, it's basically that, but it's also the craziness of his life because he was like a teenager that became a millionaire due mm. to a stunt that he did. I think he was the first person to do a full 360 on a track mm. so like a loop the loop over a rail kind of a deal and because of that when sponsorship mad and he got so much money in cash and like sponsorship deals he's like one of the first what i would call youtube celebrities before there was youtube yeah right because he just got so many eyes on him yeah and his mentality was just live and be nuts anyway so his whole family is uh there you know his uncle his dad his mom his brother you never really see his brother because his brother's doing something legitimate in his band you know at the time Mm -hmm. but all of his crew and unfortunately one of them passed away a few years ago ryan dunn who was he he was drunk driving big tragedy but 
Bam Margera's world in Viva La Bam was, I've got all this money and I could do one or two things. I could be, you know, the typical guy that's got all this money, goes crazy, buys a million cars and does all this stuff. Or I can make my whole parody of life a parody documentary. Mm. So he'd actually bought the house that his parents lived in. So he owned the house. So it's like having your kid's son being your landlord. Yeah, that's weird. Right. So it's almost like Home alone kind of a bit mad. <laughs> In reverse. Right. So that he'd put them on holiday for their anniversary or whatever, which is really kind. And whilst they're away, turn the whole house into a skate park, like including their bedroom and everything. You know, so he's got like pro skaters like Tony Hawk turns up and they're just <laughs> skating through the house and stuff. So Viva La Bam, which is this expression thing, is... One of the things that really kind of shows you what I mean by the nuances of American culture, mm. because here's a guy with East, he's, he's got the same mentality as all the kids that grew up with me in the band scene. So when we're in the rock band scene here in the UK, we're all thinking crazy stuff. Like, sure. oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this yeah, yeah, yeah. or do that? Right. But he was actually doing it. So he became our patron saint. Okay. Right. He was like the emblem of how we all wanted to be, you yeah. know, um, this live free and don't give a damn kind of an attitude you know mm. and he also mocks the idea of celebrity in the show because mm. he's a celebrity right yeah, so yeah. he can phone up a mall and he does at this one point he goes dudes we we're coming into town to do a, a thing we got no place to stay so can we just go into the mall and use the bed shop and i said yeah so mm. his whole family sleeps in a bed shop <laughs> on all the beds in the bed shop in a mall oh my gosh that's cool right mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like this. I, I'm just recommending anyone who's into that kind of stuff on YouTube or you need something to reawaken you in all of this dullness Dull. yeah, dark and, and how dark the world is or how unfair and unjust it all seems or whatever it is. Just go out there and try and find Viva La Bam because it's worth watching. And the music, the soundtrack, and also the fact he's got a lot of famous people coming in as cameos that were mm. really big in the music scenes at that time. Yeah. It's quite amazing because, yeah. you know, some of my friends were in it. Mm. Some of my more famous friends. <laughs> they weren't famous or that famous when I knew them. They became it. So it's kind of like cool to see it. It's, mm. it's really weird, man. Like, I think that's where, you know, I can say there's still an affinity on the East Coast of USA. Mm. A lot of us is, are like that. For example, um, Sunny in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. The sense of comedy really works to a British staple as well. Yeah, it does. Because all of that's kind of that chaos and that madness <laughs> is something we see here almost daily. You know, there's some pubs that I can tell you are pretty much <laughs> like that here. Uh, some of the bars and stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, it's 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 kind of cool. I know there's a lot of Irish strong mm -hmm. in these places, especially Boston and Philadelphia. But I mean, we got Irish people here. You just go to Liverpool. Mm. And it's a huge Irish quarter, you know, mm -hmm. very proud one. We so. got the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Well, yeah, everything's fused. Everything's Birmingham, Birmingham has a lot of Irish roots yeah. and links and stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. It must be really cool to do that trip, like from the East Coast to the West Coast, because a lot of people do that. I mean, I tried to, to, to do it. country, you know? I tried to do it, and then the car broke down when we got to Georgia from South Carolina, so we didn't get too far. Oh. I mean, we got two states up. <laughs> well But, done. I mean, the thing is that you can't, there's no, you, you need a lot of planning yeah. And you need a car or a vehicle that definitely can handle the trek. I think my parents did it back in the, I don't know, 70s. But they did West Coast to East Coast. Yeah, but that was before global warming. <laughs> 
And the car they had was such a rundown, you know. Sure. There was a hole in the in the Yeah, there's the a Flintstones <laughs> vehicle. Yeah, well that's the <laughs> era they were from. Yeah, it was the Yabba Dabba They managed to do it and that was pretty cool, I guess, for that time. Yeah, I mean it it's to be honest, there's mixed reviews about it. Because mm. I will say from I think way back when it probably would have been a lot better than modern because the modern situation now is mostly highway, right? Mm. So you don't really see a lot. Yeah. All you're seeing is road. Yeah. Um, but I That's mean, true. you know, like back in the day, it must have been super romantic. Like, mm. you know, I always find it really funny. Like you're reading classic novels and you think to yourself, like Pride and Prejudice, good example. And the only reason I still remember that is because it tormented my soul for years. <laughs> uh, I had to study in school and here we are, still remember still it. Still talking about oh, it. It's, it's horrific. <laughs> It really is horrific. Um, you know, like, sorry if you like it, but, you know, this is the thing, quintessentially Britain. This is such an experience. Again, not in back. This has become like the Independence Day episode. So this is kind of like we're explaining all the good stuff about America and also the bad stuff about Britain. So you'll feel good. That's what this has become. Um, so basically, like, you know, if you're in America, like I said, my experience is there's a lot of people that, that look to England and all our culture and our books and the classic novels and they're like, what an amazing life. But when you're English, it's like, oh my God, this is so droney. <laughs> oh my God. It's like prison sentence, um... right? Because Pride and Prejudice, A, isn't really a thing a guy wants to read. I've got to be honest. Yeah, right? well. Because it's not like any of us are going, I wish I was Darcy. No. Because he's an idiot mm. to us. It's, like it's about this... girls getting married, so... Yeah, exactly. Like, who wants to, who cares? Who cares about that? But I, I mean, growing up, you kind of realize the importance of it because mm. at the time there was no feminist viewpoints. Yeah. And that's almost like the precursor to suffrage, mm -hmm. which is a deeply important thing because mm -hmm. a lot of us don't understand how crazy it was for these periods of time where women were just oppressed. Mm -hmm. Like, the best you can hope for is a knitting needle and a sandwich <laughs> that you can make your spouse and have a boring life and we can just natter and look good. It's it's horrible. But mm -hmm. all of our sort of medieval things are that. Mm. Well, I say medieval, it wasn't that long ago. But you know what I mean? Classic novels. Yeah. The world that we were all in was... Everyone seemed regal and royal and lord and lady and duke and stuff like this. i just tell you, that's not the Britain that we all grow up in. Mm -hmm. So none of us know that Britain. And when we have to see that Britain, it's usually a school trip to a museum or an old house where some old lady lived once upon a time. Yeah, of a significance. lot of old houses, yeah. Right. Yep, yep. And so a lot of us are just so bored by it. <laughs> right? That's, it's only until we go to America that we realize it's a thing. Yeah. Right? Because we speak, and if we've had a decent education, we don't sound like we've just a troll has come out of a cave and dribble language at you, which is actually how a lot of British people really speak. <laughs> we seem to do something on a transatlantic flight that enables us to lock into this whole, oh, hello. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Your inner Hugh Grant. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when I first got to California way back, I was like 21 when I first went on my own. And when I arrived in LA, you know, it, the, the British people really, they, they were kind of like this... Um, lost thing like there'd been a dip mm. and they weren't flowing probably because mm. the flight's so long you know everyone stops in florida and leaves it you know so when i was there there was probably one or two british accents apart from my own the whole trip mm. um, you're a unicorn it, you're a fable yeah and people don't really know what to do with you <laughs> and then by the time i was 
you know, regular by the time 2015, it was like everyone there was English. Yeah. It was weird. It was almost like South Spain in the 80s, you know, like it was just all English people. Yeah. My mate Lee, like I'll just give a shout out because he's an ultra talented kid, like Lee Bennett, who at the time was working stunt work, doing stuff at Pinewood Studios for Captain America and different things like this. He was trying to do a a lookout in LA and I was already there. So I was like, stay with me, you know, it's all good. And he was, he's the kind of person that, you know, he's staying with me. I've got my own itinerary, but instantly he's changed my itinerary because he's a personal trainer, right? Mm -hmm. So he arrives and it's like, oh, have you got any plans for tomorrow? And I'm like, just about to answer. And he's like, okay, so we're going to do this, 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 and this, and this. And he's scheduled my entire week out, right? And I was cool with it because, you know, it's fun. And mm. basically, the whole time we were there, he was like, okay, so let's go to the Viper Room because there's this band playing. Um, I think it was Duff McKagan's band. So big shout out to Duff McKagan. If you don't know him, Guns N' Roses, Royalty, awesome mm. dude. LA legend right. on the Strip because that's where Guns N' Roses started, the Sunset Strip. So I'm like, of course I'm going to see that. Because mm. like the Viper Room is like a venue, a very famous one. It used to be run by Johnny Depp and River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves had yeah. stakes in it. But it's a legendary place and it's a tiny intimate venue. So if you see a band there, you're very close to them, which right now during a pandemic is ill-advised. <laughs> right? But back then, you know, when the world was normal, it was kind of like, oh man this is crazy so we went off to see and of course i'm gonna say yes we arrived there and we start talking to the support band who's from newcastle and i'm like what (laughs) we get inside the place and everyone's english Um. and i honestly couldn't believe it i thought i'd gone mental but everyone inside (laughs) this place was british it was like lee would go around just introducing me to random people he was talking to at the bar like he knew them yeah which was weird (laughs) It was like a night out in our local town. (laughs) It was the same thing, but I'm halfway across the world going, what? (laughs) You know, oh, this is Sarah and what's his name? What? How do you, how? You've only been here a day, what? So anyway, it was an amazing night and yet everyone was British. And the whole time he was there, I'd never seen this side of Los Angeles because as an individual, I'd never gone there hooking into all of the tourist stuff that British do for British people, like an expat thing. Yeah. I'd never done that. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to find my own feet and see Mm. what the world would offer me on my own terms, right? But Lee had done all of it. So he'd got agents, he'd got all these things lined up. So (laughs) this is how you get a visa and all this stuff. And um, literally everyone was either someone that I'd seen on television in England. Mm. uh, Actually, a guy from Hollyoaks here, Mm. who the British people all know. It's like a really, I want to... It's a naft soap opera for kids. Mm. It's aimed at young adults. It's like Dawson's Creek without a soul. And it's been going on forever. Um, That kind of a thing. Mm. And it's not eloquent. It's not even well thought out. It's not even shot in anywhere near. It's kind of like soapy nonsense. Okay. Okay. It's been going on forever. Set in Cheshire, North UK, near Liverpool, that kind of area. Is that where the cat lives? Yeah, it's where the Cheshire cat is the emblem of Cheshire. Okay. Yeah, it jumps on your car when you <laughs> enter the Cheshire Territory. There's so many of them, they just fall from the sky. <laughs> and if you go further, it's dogs. Uh, but all I'm saying is the expression surrounding Cheshire cats and dogs. No. Uh, basically, that's where it comes from. Okay. So um, one of the guys who was actually, who now works 
as a um, expat, trying uh, kind of an agent for people who are looking for visa and setups. Mm. He actually works as that. Was an ex really big name in Hollyoaks, right. which really tripped me out because mm. we were just walking down the street and I recognised him from TV. Yeah, and Lee knows the dude. <laughs> This is how planned the guy is. Yeah. Never never live with a personal trainer, folks. Okay. Your life will never be calm again. <laughs> okay. So anyway, the whole thing was a blur. Yeah. He was only there for like 10 days or whatever, but it was all British. And, I, you know, that was around 2012-ish. But basically the buildup of English people, especially English, less Scottish. There's a few, but Scottish people tend to melt in the sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're mostly snowmen. No, <laughs> they are. They're they're genetically mostly snowmen, like someone from Iceland. Okay. Yeah, they they don't do well in hot climates because they melt. Okay. See? Or it combust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really where all undead comes from, the Northern Territories. They're just Scottish people that have melted. That are aggressive because they're in hot climates. <laughs> Most zombie films are just hot, like, you know, tourists coming in from Scotland. That's all they are. Okay. Mountain and going completely psycho. Um, that's why you can't understand the word they're saying, zombies. Sounds like groaning, doesn't it? Just sounds like noise. But it's actually Scottish, Scottish. people. Yeah. Just way too hot. That's what they sound like. <laughs> really hot. Yeah. Um, so anyway... <laughs> Yeah, America's great, man. Like, the nuances, and you learn all of this stuff when you're there. Like, the, the culture of California, and I'll be honest with you, is the, the biggest and best thing about it is the Mexican side of it, mm. the Latino side of it, and South Central, all of the uh, African-American communities, and now the Asian communities. Because a Korean Korea town in Los Angeles, a lot of people don't get this, but a lot of the industry of you know, Seoul's actual pop music industry or mm. film, it's actually done, like, managed in Los Angeles. So yeah, K-Town is interesting. Yeah, a lot of links yeah. with America. And we only discovered that later in our trips going out there to work and stuff, mm. how vast it is. <laughs> and just how incredible. You know, like, this is why the special things, like South Carolina was interesting because it's real. Mm. It's real life and real problems and real people, you mm. know. And it's really, you kind of feel privileged to have tripped out there and seen all of these things. Texas was incredible because the scale of it, for someone from Britain, your brain melts. You know, I told mm. you about the Scottish snowman melting if they're in <laughs> hot, but Texas was like cerebrally insane. I can't even explain to you the scale of it. I've never seen anything like it. Mm. You know, it's, it's just vast. Yeah. And it's it's just amazing, you know, we have this sort of time and we can reflect and stuff like this. And when you look at all of these global pandemic responses and all of the negative press, and this is a reason, a real big reason I didn't want to sort of do one last time, is because of how negative it's getting. It's this crescendo of negativity mm-hmm. and it's confusing folks. And there's all these protests and there's all this ultra reaction and stuff. And I, I, I'm almost fed up talking about you know, the dangers of social media, because I don't, I, it's just a cliche at this point, really. Yeah. Um, Dumb to death. Yeah, so instead of that, I'm going to talk about how you threw us all into the ocean and chucked our tea after us and said, get out many moons ago, uh, declaring independence from the British Empire. Good on you, by the way. Mm-hmm. It, it's the right move, because if you hadn't, I think it would have been a different world after World War II. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
because <laughs> our colonies didn't survive. <laughs> but what I will say is it's a beautiful thing that it's become, the USA, and it doesn't get enough credit for all of its nuances and culture. And there is for sure culture there. Yeah. Some of the best culture in the world is in America. Jazz, blues. Yeah. Soul food. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I will say, and I'm saying this directly to my boy Solomon out there at the moment, he's over in Long Beach or is back in the, the East Coast. But, uh, you know, just that experience that I had with him and his friends in Inglewood, California, and just that neighborhood for us, it, it's such a special place. And everyone just looks at the darkness of the gangs and all the crime, yeah. South Central. When you get past all of that and see the real lives that go on there, it's incredible. Mm. It, it's such a weird thing as an English person. You relate more to the Mexicans or Latinos or you relate way more to the uh, black America yeah. when you're in America yeah. because they've they got the same stories. They're both there going, what the hell's a white dude's doing down the road? <laughs> we don't get it, you know? And you become ethnic. That's the thing that's crazy. Yeah. Because when you're just doing the tourist stuff, it, you're doing tourist stuff. You're protected by the mm. bubble of tourism, yeah. you know? So no one really gets to see the, you've become an ethnic part of being in America. But when you're independent white dude from England mm -hmm. in somewhere like South Carolina, you become ethnic real fast. Yeah. Because you're just English then. Yeah. You're not a person. Mm. You're from England. Yeah. Everyone you tells you. the old world. <laughs> Everyone tells you that you're from England. If you didn't know that you were from England... You're from England. You're from England for the whole trip. That's where you're from, okay? So one thing I found really funny is the difference East Coast to West Coast is when I was in the uh, East Coast, it was all banter. Yeah. Like one dude was like, what do you reckon about Concord? Because it just shut down. Mm. And I was like, I know, it's half French. <laughs> what, what else do you want from me? <laughs> and he could handle that. Yeah. Whereas if I had said that in California... I don't know if they would have got what I'm saying. Right. Because everyone's kind of like in this positivity. Yeah. You know, this vibe of like, so what do you reckon about Concord, man? And I'll be like, yeah, it's half French. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, that's the reaction difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's, it, it's kind of, it's, it's just an amazing place. Mm. And, you know, it's not a day I haven't thought about it because the synergy that we have in this pandemic between both nations is it's really crazy mm -hmm. i mean like i said you got part of our royal family there now so mm -hmm. we are connected yeah i think you're colonizing us though i think that's the, the change yeah i think slowly but surely we're we're be, yeah we're yeah, almost <laughs> yeah we're becoming you we're getting there i don't know man with the uh fourth of july celebrations in the supermarket yeah. we're really happy <laughs> that you're independent of us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i don't know I mean, to be fair, what they were selling weren't like, I don't know, what, what well, here's the thing, flags like, or anything. It wasn't anything. No, 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 it was no. just candy. It was basically like all American, the import stuff. Yeah, it's just imports. a way to propagate like Hershey stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, we have that here, yeah. which is crazy. Lucky Charms. And... Yeah. But that's the thing that I find amazing is like all of our imports, the, the wildest selling imports is like stuff like Pop-Tarts and things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. But not like the good stuff, not the <laughs> organic stuff. That you only get from certain places in the USA, mm -hmm. you know, certain branded stuff. Trader Joe's, big shout out. Uh, no, not that. Not the not the good stuff. The worst stuff. The worst stuff for you. We we seem to have that a lot here. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Strange. But I I um I didn't expect this to be such a rant about my love for the nuances of American culture. But well, there you go. We're thinking about you. 
we miss traveling too. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's very difficult. Like, it's real difficult, especially when you uh, see all this exciting stuff happening in Austin. You know, Texas yeah. right now, the mm -hmm. growing comedy circuit there. That's you know, LA from LA kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shifts and changes, and you know, a lot of our friends are still out there, and so we're thinking about all of you guys really over time, but. I think it's because it's, everything's getting so bland here. We always have like news headlines here, like a cat was found in a tree and and this dude kissed this chick. And we got <laughs> it on video yeah. if you want to watch it, <laughs> if you're that bored. <laughs> um, no, thank you. What color tie is Boris wearing today? And, mm. you know, did you remember your shoes? No. That's a headline. Did you remember your shoes? Because the government tells you if you walk out without your shoes on, you might tread on something sharp. It's becoming like that. <laughs> yeah. It's becoming completely benign stuff. The Euros is awesome. Like, and just to kind of bring it back to UK right now to tell Americans about football and the reason it is football and your stuff is like different. Um, the passion for it here is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, you, it really is ridiculous. There's nothing like it. It's like the roller coaster of television shows. Mm. The dramas on our Euros has been mad. For example, starts off, guy from Denmark, really respected footballer, huge star in England at one point for Tottenham Hotspurs, Christian Eriksen, has a heart attack. Yeah. Age 29 on live TV. Yeah. Right? Survives, thank goodness. But probably won't play football again. No. So Denmark, He's the like, nation, retire. the nation's team, the Olympic squad, if you will, it's the same thing. They have to face their team going through this tournament without their star in it. Yeah. And they're still in it. Mm. They had ups and downs. Because they can't add anyone or change the squad. No, they, they just lose starting. a member of their squad. So, crazy. But they're still in it. Mm. They've beaten crazy teams to get to the, the, the quarterfinals. Mm. Everything's quite radical in this one. You know, there's nothing that you can predict. And I, I, I wish America had something like this. It's almost the equivalent of having, and it should really exist. And there's no reason it shouldn't, but an international basketball tournament, an international American football tournament, because mm -hmm. the UK has got American football teams. We'd get battered. There'd be no chance for us at all against America. In fact, you might as well just give America the trophy yeah, every year. <laughs> but it would be an incredible thing. Like, why not? Why not have loads of sports go like World Cupy and you know? Yeah, we like intercultural. You know, well, I think that's the reason that it's not such a big deal, is because it's only domestic mm. or between Canada and therefore international, like oh. IHOP, because there's one in Toronto. It's international. No one else has them. If there was an IHOP in England, would you go to it? I wouldn't, but England would. Because <laughs> yeah. I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to the USA so many times that I know no one from America really wants to go there. <laughs> it's kind of on the list of, oh, man, I'm up and I'm hungry. Or I'm a stoner and it's no choice. <laughs> but it's like in the middle of the night. Yeah. And you're hungry. 24 hours. you got three places you can go to. And that's one of them. Mm. You know, any other time of day. How not? It's got better. It, it was getting they, really they, kind of cool, actually. If they when did we left. import IHOP to the UK, I think it would be a very interesting... It wouldn't pass uh, our food safety laws. That's the problem. Really? Yeah, it wouldn't. Definitely not. Mm. All the preservatives. Because it's like mixture. None of it's real fresh. <laughs> That's like, true. Imagine putting one in That's France. They would, no way would it pass mm. regulation. Plus, I wouldn't know what it is. 
Because in France, everything's real thin, like crepes. Oh, right, yeah. You know, and our pancakes in the UK, the American pancakes are closest to Scottish pancakes, believe it or not. Yes, yeah, Scotch pancakes, yeah. yeah. But they're nothing like what we have in the UK. Like, the rest of the UK is basically French. Yeah. But a more unhealthy, a more unhealthy version of the French crepe. Mm. Yeah. It's very confusing. I don't understand... Uh savory pancakes i know it's a thing like bacon and pancakes yeah that's a french thing too french sort of alpine german does it as Mm. well but yeah i mean it can work it Mm. can work Mm. it's just the right amount of combos oh there was actually weirdly a french government in a crepery in santa monica back in the day in california Mm. um and he did a salmon and mozzarella and uh, basil savory mm. pancake and it was amazing with fresh tomato and it. it was really good right see that's the thing about america's nuances you always find crazy stuff and the thing that i found hilarious is i've been to france 500 times i've never been to a crepery in france ever yeah. i've been to one in spain mm. uh which was plastered with loads of american like laurel and hardy stuff <laughs> on the wall. yeah that's funny yeah amazing <laughs> but if you're expecting ihop to be international it isn't it's only, international only in american pancakes yeah pancakes i hop outside of it as fast as i can that makes me want pancakes but then is weirdly as you know is in japan oh yeah so that's, that's right. more international yeah yeah i miss denny's why is america the only place i've ever been to in the world that has world famous stuff that no one knows about in the world <laughs> that's another thing that's strange <laughs> Uh, it's like this world famous podcast that's actually world famous mm, you know we are actually world famous we are actually we world are famous reaching many countries so hi world many countries that do not have an international house of pancakes too no. yeah yeah mm. we're more international than ihop that's correct for sure but anyway the positive news and to end the week of this incredible cultural clash of the uk the usa and nasa it's been a lot of Natter. Natter's good. I think Natter's good. Uh, just want to say, like, everything's more positive than you think. Don't get tied into reading the news because it'll delay podcast by a week. <laughs> and I'm fairly convinced that 101 Dalmatians is basically meant to be children. And it was a real story. Yeah. No. Yeah. Based on real events, but the dogs are actually kids. <laughs> I'm fairly sure of it. What's up with the Cruella film that's coming out? Emma Stone's playing a young version of Cruella. It looks okay. Yeah. It looks okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. I haven't seen it. I've seen the trailer. Yeah. Could be good. Don't know. By the way, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. So I probably. What's the see plus? Uh. Disney Plus what? <laughs> Disney Plus. Well, it's better apples? than it's better than Disney minus, right? You want to be positive. Just should be just Disney, surely. No, but that's confusing because Disney is is the company. Yeah, it's easy. But Disney Plus is the channel. Yeah, I know that. But why not just call the channel Disney or the Disney Channel? I think it used to be called the Disney Channel. It was once when it was terrestrial TV, eh? Mm. Like when it was actually... Rebranding! I guess it's Disney Plus all the stuff that Disney owns. Mm. That's not necessarily Disney because it's other stuff like Marvel and LucasArts. Okay. National Geographic, apparently. I never knew Disney owned that, but I think they acquired it. Loki is on Disney Plus, too. I saw it advertised, and I'm like, I can't watch Low that. Loki, high key, key in the middle. Any old key. <laughs> it's all on there. Yeah. 
No, it is the uh, new Marvel series <clears throat> with our mate Tom. Yes. Playing the role. Good old Hiddleston. Yeah, it looks all right. Confusing.com. I'm just waiting, waiting to, because you know how it's like a limited, you get a week free or whatever. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the Everything to come craziest out. week ever to just yeah. pile it all into my head. Binge. But I don't know, man. Because I don't know about the subscription on it. Because one thing that actually annoys me about Disney Plus is that some things you still have to pay for. Yeah. You're paying a massive subscription fee. It's bigger than most. Yeah. All right? And then you still have to pay for, like, movies or whatever. Mm. I don't I don't dig on that. No. Not a big fan. You know? It's like, you have a rental service or you're not. Yeah. Don't be both. You know? I'm talking to you, Amazon. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. It's not like you haven't got any money. <laughs> Jesus. You know he's got more money than America's had in 500 years. Mm. I don't know if that's true. I I, don't, I think he's no longer the richest man or something in the world. No, Elon Musk is. Yeah. Elon Musk overtook him. Yeah. yeah. Space <laughs> is lucrative. Any space is lucrative. Yeah. Yeah, he's called a shopfront. Or real estate. Yeah. Or gardens. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah, so going back to Jeff Bezos to shut this out. And literally wraps up the podcast because we end where we start. Or we yeah, that's what the cool kids do, isn't it? They go backwards in a film now. It's non-linear, so you start the end. Yeah. And you go, What the hell did I just see? And then it tells you all the way through it. So uh Jeff Bezos would be the modern equivalent of There Will Be Blood. So if There Will Be Blood was set today mm. in a modern terminology, mm. it would be about Jeff Bezos. Hmm. You know, because he's a proprietor and he's, you know, simple idea, gains all the money, yeah. mines everything, probably got no morality whatsoever. <laughs> uh, literally a devil in human form. Okay. I don't know if that's true. I, I don't know if he is. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe me. He's probably a nice guy. Mm. Everyone wants to be his friend. Let's put it that way. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if he's got any kids, because if he has got any kids, that's not a playground conversation you want to have, is it? My dad could beat your dad up. My dad could buy your dad, your entire neighborhood, <laughs> everyone you've ever known, easily. <laughs> just saying. And my dad could stop the most sought after item getting to your house next week. Just saying. Is that powerful, right? There you go. Wonder if the Amazon boxes are made with card from the Amazon rainforest. No. Because that, sure that would actually be a box. With legitimate advertising. So there'd be no false pretense at all in that box. Everything about that box mm. is pure evil. <laughs> I'm joking. I have no beef with Amazon. They're friends of ours. What am I talking about? And that's just the tribes. Big fan of the Amazon. Yeah. Brazil. That's a nut you can't crack. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, we'll be back literally in two weeks from today, folks. Not three weeks, two weeks. We will be back. There was legitimate reasons. Sorry we've had to delay a week. Hope it was worth it. If it wasn't, let us know. Not that you will. But anyway, be safe. Appreciate each other's nations and cultures and Independence Days. Or Invasion Days. Whatever success you had on the colonial front. You know. Uh, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Take care, everyone. Bye.